This is Keoni Hanale, founder of Pohala Hawaiian Botanicals based in the Hawaiian Islands. Thank you so much for joining me. And today, it is time that I cover the colossal topic that is Pua Ehu Ehu Lapa'au or fern medicine. You know, Pohala. Pohala encompasses such a wide range of not just plant medicine, but breathing and movement practices of the archaic people. Mu culture, also known as Mu culture, also known as Lemuria, esoteric knowledge. But perhaps what we're most known for, and me myself, Keoni, what I'm most known for is fern medicine. Pua'a ehu ehu. So what is fern medicine? That's what we're going to talk about today. So as I stated, fern medicine is a colossal topic. It's huge. It's gigantic. And I feel like the best way for me to express this and be effective and to maintain an audience, mahalo, thank you, (laughs) is for me to share in sections. First, I want to talk about the story of fern medicine. What is the lore? Where does it come from? Then I want to talk about ferns in correlation to human emotions. And when I talk about the lore, I'll begin to express just how ferns correlate to human emotions. Then Let's talk about emotional intelligence. This is another big topic that is being discussed uh, by many people. And yet there is little understanding of what emotional intelligence is. And then I want us to perhaps focus on one specific fern, one specific emotion. And let's go into that. So I feel like this is going to be the best way for me to be effective, for me to be clear, and for me to maintain your attention. (laughs) So as I begin to go into the lore and reveal the story of fern medicine, I want to begin with place. Let's begin with place. Where am I now? I am located in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in a chain of islands known as Kohava'ipai Aina or the Hawaiian Islands. My ohana, my family, have resided here for over 20,000 years. We know this because we have a lineal chant, what we call oli mo'okuauhau. It is an oral documentation of our presence here spanning 1,017 generations into a culture that has been known as mu or Mu, also known as Lemuria. And what's significant about this is that the 1017th member of this lineage carries a story known as Pua'a Ehu Ehu, fern medicine. It is a type of esoteric plant medicine. 
This makes it one of the oldest known medicines in the history of man. So something that is esoteric may mean that its nature is very spiritual, and that's what fern medicine is. It's a very esoteric plant medicine. This doesn't mean it's not effective as a physiological medicine. It, it rather is. However, its house of power is truly that in the spiritual realm, and in particular, in correlation to human emotions. Now, I'm going to have to become very specific. We're going to go into the ho'omaka'ana, the origins of how ferns became correlated to human emotions. So, I talked about place. <laughs> we determine we're here in the middle of the Pacific. Now, let's talk about time. Let's make a focus on time. So, ferns. Ferns are one of the only, if not the only, species on this planet who have achieved what is known as evolutionary stasis, punctuated equilibrium. This means that a species in achieving evolutionary stasis, this means that a species has met their evolutionary ceiling. They have completely evolved. They are achieved. And ferns are the only species on this planet who are known to have achieved this. The oldest fossils of ferns go back 360 million years. So truly one of the oldest plant fossils on the planet. However, now fossils from 180 million years ago show that the fern species that we find today is nearly identical to that fern fossil from 180 million years ago, telling us that the fern had achieved evolutionary stasis, equilibrium, 180 million years ago. This is very significant because anything that has accomplished evolutionary stasis, anything that has become fully evolved and achieved as a sentient being means it is no longer required to accumulate data. Okay? It has reached a certain point of certainty and self awareness. In not accumulating data, this means it cannot become corrupted. It cannot become polluted. And you have to also think of it this way and feel it this way <laughs> because even crystals and stone have gone through magmatic changes in the last 180 million years to accommodate the dramatic shifts our planet um, has experienced, but not ferns. They have proven themselves indestructible.
They are no longer affected by the exterior conditions. Now, part of the reason why ferns are able to accomplish this is because they're completely self-sustaining. They are completely reliant on themselves. This makes them indestructible because they truly determine their expression. They do not rely on anything else. They are vascular species that reproduce by way of spores. So they are asexual. Now, this perhaps you would think all oh, the ferns, they just set themselves up for a very isolated, lonely existence because, you know, they really don't need to rely on anything or anyone else. However, this is where it gets really beautiful is now we're going to go into the lore of fern medicine in correlation to human emotions. First, I just want to explain, you know, emotion is how we are touched by life. Emotion is how we understand and participate with consciousness. It is the transfer of purpose into meaning. Now, purpose has a very specific function. Okay. It can be very mechanical. Purpose can be very bureaucratic. <laughs> it's very clear about why it exists. However, meaning turns purpose into poetry. Meaning is how we become touched by life. And that's where emotions come in. It's the poetry of our experience here. And of course, we know this with emotions. It's the highest highs and the lowest lows. It's exhilarating and it's also incredibly painful. But it's truly how we participate and acknowledge consciousness itself. Human emotion is energy. Energy is consciousness. So I want to share with you the beauty and generosity of ferns in correlation to human emotions. Okay, now we're going to go into the lore. So over 20,000 years ago, our planet, our consciousness experienced an incredible and significant shift. And you know, this world is made up of shifts. Um, in the Hawaiian language, we say va, okay, epics. And over 20,000 years ago, we encountered a very significant shift from an enlightened age into that of a spiritual dark age or what is also known as a Kali Yuga or a Pulva, as we say in the dialect. Now, I just want to make it clear, we didn't do anything wrong. These shifts are purposeful. And because they are purposeful, they also can be predicted. And so our ancestors then knew, and all, all of the natural world knew, that we were to uh, transition into a spiritual dark age. Now, there was a huge concern. There's a great focus, and that was what will happen to the human emotion in a spiritual dark age. There was concern that it could become so corrupted, the damage would be irreversible. And so 
there's a lot of innovation surrounding how to preserve the human emotions as we transit through a pulva, through a spiritual dark age. And the ferns volunteered. <laughs> they said, we have achieved evolutionary stasis. We cannot become corrupted. We do not accumulate data, meaning that a spiritual dark age cannot touch us in the slightest. We cannot become destroyed or affected. And so they volunteered to hold the codes of human emotions until we made another transit, another shift back into an enlightened era, an enlightened va. And in our lore, in traditional pua ehu ehu fern medicine, we have 103 Hawaiian ferns that correlate to 103 emotions. So 103 delegates volunteered to hold these individual emotions until the time is, and we say in the language, hemolele, or perfect, to gift them back to the humans to become integrated and expressed in its totality and its purity. And I always love saying this, but you know, the fact that you and I are having this discussion right now means that we are at that point. We are at that shift, transitioning back into an enlightened era where we must now receive, integrate, and express the human emotions in their purity. Now, let's just look at this number 103. You know, as far as specifically why, what's the significance with 103? I don't know, friends. I don't know. But I will share this, is that although ferns are asexual, their physiological bodies are asexual, they are either predominantly energetically feminine or energetically masculine. So we have emotions that are predominantly feminine in nature or predominantly masculine in nature. So we have 51 ferns that are energetically masculine and 51 that are energetically feminine and we have one androgynous. Now, when something is really governed by the masculine, it's steeped in logic, practicality, and movement, action. So it's the holy manifestation. Now, something that is predominantly feminine, its house of power is of that of intuition, meditation, mysticism, and we would consider that the holy intention. So intention, manifestation. Now we see how important that partnership is. Now also, of the 103 emotions, the most common question I get is, what is the fern of love? 
if there is any fern I would want to work with or get to know quite well, <laughs> it's the one of love. So please tell me what's the fern of love. And my answer to that is always like super anticlimactic because there is no fern of love because love is the culmination of all 103. And this is really purposeful because here's the thing about the energy of love. Okay. This whole consciousness, that's its foundation. It's not only the foundation, it's its destination is love. The sheer magnitude of love is so gigantic, it would collapse an animate world. And you and I are experiencing at this moment an animate world. This animate world cannot hold something so colossal. And so love, the primary emotion, the primary experience was fragmented into 103 emotions. Now, part of our agreement here in the human event, in the sacred animate, is to initiate ourselves into all 103 emotions. In accomplishing that, we are delivered into the totality of love. Once we are delivered in the totality of love, this animate world will collapse. Many call that ascension. In the Hawaiian language, we call that hala. Hala. Now, I really want to have this discussion about emotional intelligence because fern medicine, that's what it's truly all about is emotional intelligence. But I know that many of you have this suspense right now. You're just like, what is the androgynous fern? <laughs> I can't go on with this podcast until you reveal the androgynous fern. So um, I will end the suspense. The androgynous fern is Palapalai, and palapalai is emotional discipline. Now, what is discipline as an emotion? It is all about binding and colliding the functions of my feminine and my masculine. Discipline is what pulls them together and enforces that union. So it is binding and colliding the power of an intention with that of the power of manifestation. And that's truly a very powerful oscillation. So that is the androgynous fern, palapalai, discipline. <laughs> okay, now I really want to go into emotional intelligence. Um, this is what fern medicine is all about. And this is also a really hot topic right now because especially we see this in like modern businesses, right? There's a lot of training and workshops that are all about emotional intelligence. Human resources are talking about this. And I know many people who have gone to these trainings and they come on and they say, I still am very unclear 
about what emotional intelligence is. I think it's that I am more expressive, that I can express myself more clearly. So the best definition that I've ever heard about emotional intelligence was is from Dr. Joe Dispenza. And the way he expresses it is emotional intelligence is shortening the refractory period of an emotion. Now, a poetic way I can express that is a memory free of an emotional attachment is called wisdom. Okay. So it's truly all about allowing emotions to express themselves freely to activate and then to be let go to allow it to serve its purpose and then to move on to not become attached of course when we become attached to emotions it often develops into trauma and a fixation on trauma now i see it this way and this is how i perceive it also being experienced in this current culture is emotions are put into two different boxes. Okay. One box is called fear and aversion. These are the emotions that are perceived to be uncomfortable, inconvenient, junk. <laughs> I don't like experiencing them. I don't want to deal with these. You know, an example is grief. Grief is put in that box fear and aversion. And then we have the other box called lack and craving, lack and craving emotions such as glee, euphoria, lack because I don't have enough of you. My hunger for you is insatiable. Craving. How can I control you to make you stay? So regardless of what box they're put in, uh, they're greatly distorted, unable to express themselves in their own integrity. So we as a collective have become incredibly irresponsible with the reception, the integration, and the expression of our emotions, of the emotional experience. Um, we've really subjected emotions to this hardware called control and control for the sake of fear or aversion or lack and craving. We're not present with our emotions. We don't trust our emotions. We don't allow ourselves to be delivered by the precision and the integrity of emotions without first having to assign them identities, roles. Um, earlier in this episode, I talked about how emotions correlate to meaning, how we understand meaning of consciousness, transferring purpose like i said can be very mechanical it's very bureaucratic it's very clear about its function 
into the realm of poetry, into meaning, experiencing this phenomenal world as a poem. And that is achieved through our emotions. And we, as a consciousness, we have made the collective agreement to experience this phenomenal animate world by way of meaning, to be touched by life, by the human emotion, it can't be undone. It has already been determined. It has already been agreed. It cannot be undone. Let go. This fixation to control the emotion has only led to the pathological and the habitual looping of conflict, resistance, rejection. And my kupuna would always say there is no safer place you can be than to be held in the integrity and the purity of the emotion. The power of the emotion can create or collapse a universe. And that resides within you because of you, for you. It is the greatest gift in this animate world to be so incredibly touched by life and then to incite that through innovation, expression. Allow the emotions to simply deliver you. You must trust your emotions. And friends, it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be uncomfortable, especially now because there's so much that we must resolve. All the conflict and resistance, all the identities that we've not just assigned emotions, but ourselves and the identities we've assigned our brothers and our sisters, right? The arrogance to assign identities to other people, other sentient beings without their permission. Stop. Stop. That pathological, habitual looping must cease. Simply fall into the flow of your emotions as it expresses itself naturally to become touched by life and delivered. And where are we being delivered? What's the nucleus of the emotional experience? Love. Aloha. To be delivered into the nucleus, the singularity of love and thus to ascend where the animate world will collapse because it cannot hold something so colossal and so powerful. That is where we holla. All right, are you still with me? I just took a break and had a cracker and now I'm back. <laughs> um, I feel like if I go any further, I may saturate this whole episode because 
I'm like at the border of just like condensing it with, with too much data. But I do want to speak about a particular fern and a particular emotion um, before I end this episode. And this fern is called Pa'iva Iva Fern. It's feminine, energetically feminine. And this is the fern of truth. And this is a really significant emotional quality uh, for right now. Um, Pa'iva Iva is a global fern. It's not just found in Hawaii. There's varieties that are all over the world. And it's uh, commonly known as maiden hair fern or um, idiantum fern. Um, but it holds the codes to emotional truth. Now, I'm just going to make this really simple. What is emotional truth? How is truth an emotion? The way it explained to me by the medicine, by the fern itself, but Eva Eva fern, is truth is the memory of original agreement. It is your memory free of distortion of your agreement, of your kiakahi, your purpose. Why are you here? Why am I here? What is its meaning? How can I translate this purpose as poetry? She knows. Pa'iva Iva knows. In her spores, it's the medicine to reactivate your reaffirmation of emotional truth. Tell us who you are and then show us. Let's see results. Um, you know, at Pohala, here at Pohala, we make many, many medicinals of fern medicine, hydrosols, tinctures, oils. Um, and it is our dream to continue uh, by way of the recommendation of the medicine uh, of how to expand and share the resurrection of this sacred medicine at a time when it is oh, it is ripe. It is time for all of us to be gifted back, to receive, to integrate, and to express the human emotions. So we picked a very, very profound time to incarnate into the planet now, which also means that you're incredibly equipped. Part of your understanding of truth is also being ma'a aware that you purposely chose to come here now at such a monumental time where we as a collective we've just made the pivot right we just made the pivot and now it's time to shift you are equipped that's how powerful you are if you're here now that's how powerful you are so to that I say, remember, please remember, show up. Mahalo, and I love you.
Mm-hmm.